So in terms of movies that I saw this year that were actually deplorable experiences. Oh, good use. Well, it's not... There's really only one answer to this question. What's the worst movie of the year that Mm -hmm. I saw? There are some that are more... I just didn't enjoy Mm -hmm. on any level. But Batman v Superman is the worst movie I saw this year. 100%. Flaming pile of dog shit. Yeah. That I'm amazed... That the fact that a couple hundred million dollars worth of resources that went into this shouldn't be like prosecuted as a war crime <laughs> or something. It's that much a waste of talent and resources and people's time. Um, and subject matter or and 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 stories too, or like the you know, the characters as well. Like it's it's such a disservice to everything that you've known about the characters as well. Like it's just it's mind numbingly bad. And completely avoidable as well. Right. I think, and if you are really tired of Zack Snyder's reign over this universe, brace yourself. Because there's Mm. more coming, and in a big way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, That's by far the worst movie I saw this year. Although I will say, and I think I told you about this, the if you can stomach it, the extended version at least makes it... A little more coherent? A little more palatable. There is a lot, there are things that don't really know why they were taken out. The only the only thing I could think of was just for time because it's it's a little under or just right at three hours. And do you remember the scene when the entire uh, when when the poli- I forget which building it was when it blows up. You know the big mm-hmm. the big scene that kills Holly Hunter. Right. And then he just sort of like flies away, and yeah. so that makes. But there is more to that scene that makes that gives him a reason to fly away mm-hmm. it's not just like oh, i'm looking around i'm just gonna bounce out of here no there there is a there is a section before and after it that gives that scene it makes sense there are reasons why things you why they're doing things uh-huh. so it's still not great but it takes it from like a d minus to like a c plus <laughs> so it, it it adds in that 20 minutes and i honestly the only thing i could think of is just that it was just too long. So they had yeah. to cut things that they thought were unimportant, but give depth to the characters and give them actually like a reason for them to make their decisions. So, yeah. Yeah. That suicide squad wasn't much better though. I, I mean, it was, I didn't even see it. Okay. It, it had an element of fun that I think again, probably could have benefited from an R rated treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if it was rated R, you maybe wouldn't have gotten Will Smith mm-hmm. in it, but there's, problems with that again that i think go beyond the filmmaker i think it went to this was their first response do you see from the backlash of batman v superman which is like this movie is depressing as hell yeah and then you get a movie like suicide squad that is shoving a square peg into a round hole like that's not the movie that was made and that's not the movie that it was meant to be Mm -hmm. you hire david ayer as your director you're not going to get like a jovial light movie like you just no you don't get that i mean have you seen harsh times <laughs> it's it's very harsh <laughs> i mean yeah so the man makes violent movies and dour films and this is not what that movie needed no so i don't know but some of the other ones i think because in years past we've seen a lot of the bad bad movies but there's just ones i think that fall on the fall short of being bad and just more on the scale of disappointment yeah so you can look at a movie obviously batman v superman x-men apocalypse which yeah. i was 
I completely forgot came out this year because it was so forgettable. I, yeah, I didn't loathe it as much as a lot of people did, but it didn't really leave a lot of lasting impression either. It doesn't give you confidence that Brian Singer can like really take this series to wherever it needs <sighs> it to go. It's such a shame because like, in the animated series that I loved and adored as a kid, like Apocalypse was always my favorite villain. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't quite sure if somebody could pull it off in the real world cinematically, and it turns out I was right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also on the same vein as Batman v Superman, we get Batman the Killing Joke. I was going to mention that. Which is... We've talked about it already on an earlier show. Completely... Unnecessary. Unnecessary. And does a disservice to the characters more than anything. Yeah. it's It, it takes my love and affection for the characters a notch down and hard to do (laughs) it's hard to do in the same year as batman v superman colon dawn of justice (laughs) colon justice league awakens or whatever the hell it's gonna be called yeah uh did you see high rise i did see high rise tom hiddleston yes again another one that 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 didn't do anything for you like i it didn't i mean it had some interesting tangents going on but Mm -hmm. i was just so confused the whole movie and nothing really had any connective tissue it seemed like and Mm -hmm. it it kind of seemed like a big social experiment almost like something like snowpiercer kind of but from a different angle they built up instead of out yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. exactly and it just nothing ever yeah they're trying to talk about social class and they're trying to talk about people living on the bottom as the tones yeah it just it, it was it was a a beautiful mess, almost. I would much rather watch that again over any of these other movies, I think. Yeah, yeah. It, it at least has something tempting mm-hmm. that uh, makes a revisit possible. But I just didn't get much out of it. And I was like, God, this movie was a two-hour movie that was an hour too long. Mm-hmm. You know, Because like, I feel like I could have got the same amount out of it in an hour yeah. that I did with two hours. Although, I will say then that uh, Ben Wheatley's follow-up to that, Free Fire, mm. is great. I didn't see that one. Yeah, we saw a screening for it a Is couple the, months ago. Brie Larson. Brie Larson. And, I don't remember that coming out. Yeah, I think it out? may have came out like I think it may have come out for like a second, maybe. Hmm. I could be wrong. Maybe they maybe they pushed it. I don't know, but I know that I've seen it and it's a lot of fun. Okay. And I recommend seeing that when it comes out. But like other disappointments, um, I mentioned X Men Apocalypse. I was not a fan of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I, don't I know didn't even make it through it. I got I had a screener and I got about an hour into it and I just I just didn't. It's depressing, it's de- right? Well, it's it's very convoluted for a kids' movie, which is interesting. But I didn't get far enough into it, I think, to be depressed because I just it just didn't grab me, and I still haven't finished it. You know, and there's a twist in it, but it doesn't follow any of the rules that you need to with a twist. In that, it laid a a complicated trap for you to maybe go, oh well, I need to go back and see that with different eyes. It just sort of fools you and is like, oh, this guy is now this guy now, and you're like, well, what? That doesn't make any sense. Pulls the rug out. Yeah, it just it's it's a sh- much purpose. It's a shock for shock's sake. Um, and then I guess the last one we alluded to a little bit, which was probably the biggest in terms of because um, I didn't have high expectations for Batman v Superman, and they didn't exceed it at all. But I had higher expectations for Rogue One. Oh man. <laughs> And it was, it was disappointing and it it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it's, it's the special part needs to be talked about in that it's the first, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. And it's the first time I've ever come home from a Star Wars movie and been like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Like every time you come out and you're like, yes, let's go. You know, like you feel great. I felt great. Even Mm -hmm. in the prequels. I know we've talked about this ad nauseum. We don't need to regurgitate this. On and off mic. Um, but the, but it just, 
there are there like you said perfect miss opportunity like it just had so many ways where you feel like it should have zigged and it zagged non-canonical one-off story that already has a sequel and it's called a new hope <laughs> but it really they they could have taken this to so many interesting places and i think what we get is kind of a half-hearted compromise because what i'm worried we're going to find out is that for as vast as the star wars universe seems what we can actually get out of it is going to be frustratingly narrow because it's always going to have to involve stormtroopers, yeah. you know, lightsabers. Right. It's going to have to have some of those classic characters in it. Or maybe that's just what Disney thinks it has to have or else people are going to be so pissed off that they're, they're going to revolt. But think about if Rogue One really took this war theme to an interesting new place because it is a war film, which is on its own a unique entry into the into the saga and worth being commended on that but imagine if they did it really dirty and grungy like something like black hawk down mm -hmm. you know where it's shot from almost a first person perspective shaky camera and, or handheld camera yeah or something. and it's yeah. really like a heist movie like you love and like i really what wish, i wanted really wish it would have got where it's yeah. like this small band of rebels infiltrates this you know this enemy structure and just takes it down from the inside that would have been so cool, but I feel like they they retreat to all of the classic Star Wars tropes because they're they're caught in the middle in some kind of compromise where they're mm -hmm. like, God, we we have to we have to show these things. I mean, there's so many things from earlier films just forced into this that you're just like, what? And I mean, the CG characters were a really poor decision. Very awful. Very very poor distracting. Decision. Very distracting. And if it wasn't for Mads Mikkelsen and Ben Mendelsohn, my God, what would we have with this movie? But that's where also where it falls flat is that even with those characters, even with these great actors, the characters are so one-dimensional and so there's, flat. There's so flat and no. Who is you spent two hours and fifteen minutes with Jenner? So who is she? No idea. She loves her dad. It's about maybe. Maybe. I mean, about, I why? That's... Why would she love him? She doesn't know him at all. <laughs> I guess that's the only thing we can really. She's. I mean, she's the most generic action heroine I think I've seen in a long time. Which is sad because she had this opportunity to be this inspirational Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher type yeah. of character for young girls they, growing up with the Star Wars films they don't now. Give, they don't give her teeth. I mean, there's nothing to her that's like, oh, that's an interesting character. She had more teeth in the trailer than she did in the actual movie, which brings us to another interesting subject about it. A lot it. of the stuff in the trailer is not in the movie. It's not in the movie. And it kind of... Is, as like we mentioned with Suicide Squad, mm -hmm. is that I think it went through a substantial amount of reshoots, and it the movie that we were promised is not the movie that we got. Mm -hmm. There are multiple swaths of action scenes in the in, in the trailer that are just completely wiped away. Yeah. There aren't any stakes to how because there's zero drama involved in taking plans and downloading it to something, and then all of a sudden that's like the end of your movie. Well, you have to somehow overcome a known outcome, right? Mm -hmm. Which is which is a a very daunting challenge at the onset. How do you how do you infuse a ton of drama into something people already know? Right. You know, and I think the only way they really could have done that to great success would be to really take the Star Wars template and turn, turn it on its head. Um, and I'm not even a fan of actually including Vader in this story. Yeah. The, his uh, scenes were awesome. But on, on their own. Well, no. His, on, on, on their own. On their own, they're On awesome. their own. But if you're saying that it's a standalone story and you're saying that it's not... Cause I'm, I'm more content to leave Vader, the mythology of Vader, to past films. Instead of resurrecting him for this film, for this movie, which you didn't need to do. I mean, you could reference him if you wanted. But the... 
the scene at the end, mm-hmm. we'll give it too much away. I'm sure everybody's seen it, but oh well. Yeah. It's like, on its own, it's a really riveting scene that almost saves the movie. But it's just so fan-serving yeah. and out of context that it just feels like pandering. You know, it's like it's almost like a compensation for what they couldn't deliver with, yeah. the, with the rest of the movie. And it was actually a last-minute implementation that makes I read sense. that too that, that makes they... sense and it's again it's this whole thing with the hobbit why i load the hobbit movies mm-hmm. was that they're they're so they're such a slave and the star wars prequels to, to this extent too they're such a slave to the mythology of the saga that they feel like every every piece has to be in place and fit perfectly and they have to hold your hand mm-hmm. to where the pre-existing films start and end you know like Rogue One literally takes you up to the beginning of A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we should be able to fill that in ourselves. ourselves. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like... Most everybody's seen Star Wars. It's kind of, yeah, <laughs> or I mean, at least is familiar with the story. It's kind <laughs> of like... I mean, it's cool how they recreated those sets and all the actors and the costumes and all that. But it also just seems like pandering to me at the same oh, time. Oh, it is. And, and, and I think that there are times when I think fan service is good and there are times when it's bad. Yeah. And I think you it could clouded argue... a lot of this movie. Because you can argue that most of the Force Awakens is fan service. I mean, mm-hmm. but it—I don't mind it. No, but but it but it but it brings it a, introduced new characters, yes. fully fleshed out characters who are having new adventures. Mm-hmm. Even though the template is very, very ident- similar, very very identical. Yeah, uh, but it still gives you something new to chew on and people worth spending time with. And those characters, like you said, were worth spending time with. I don't care mm-hmm. about these characters. And I, know, one, I still don't know who they are. I don't know their name. I don't remember their names. Force Whitaker. I, uh, you know what I was saw. Yeah, you know what I was thinking it was like when he kind of. This is pretty early on, so I don't think it's a spoiler. But when he's only in it for ten minutes right, in when, the beginning, anyway. When the <laughs> when the uh, the Empire just basically just rips a hole in this planet that they're all on, and Jin and uh, um, her uh, again her, her co. I don't even remember. It's What's Diego Luna. I know his name. I know his name in real life. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know his name in the movie. It's this great moment where. Force Whitaker is basically like, my time for fighting is done. I'm going to stay. And I'm just thinking, why? Yeah, no point. <laughs> You're not even going to make a try for no. it? <laughs> and there was a part, I mean, there, there was a great article on Slash Film about the differences between the trailer and the promotional materials that were given out and what was in the movie. And there's a whole sequence where Saw Gerrera and Jin Erso are together for much longer. And there was probably some kind of action scene that was cut out there was a lot of it that was cut out Mm -hmm. and i really want to know why and i want to see that that movie because bringing something from one place physically having it and having to go to another place to put it somewhere Mm -hmm. and the trials and tribulations in between that Mm -hmm. is inherently more interesting than i need to grab this and then download it to somewhere and then oh hooray the hurrah music plays there's a lot of at the very end there's a lot of scenarios where something has to be plugged in and it's kind of like a series of things where it's it's all technical based and it's it's really really uninteresting yeah um yeah i i saw a great juxtaposition done between the scene right before the uh, the trash compactor in A New Hope, where they're like just having a shootout with mm-hmm. stormtroopers, contrasted with the shootout we get in the you know the dirty, dusty streets uh, in Rogue One towards the beginning, and there is so much character in the interactions in A New Hope between Leia, Solo, Skywalker, Chewie. You get to know them in such a short amount of time, like 
you know how so, they're all going to react solo, in this situation. Where Solo's they're... sarcastic and the rogue, you know, and 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 Luke's the straight laced guy, mm-hmm. and Leia's this sassy. I'm going to take on the Empire myself kind of heroine. Mentality, yeah. And it's just it's so empty and devoid of character in this new movie that it's it's really you know it's it's almost like things are happening but nothing's registering at the same time. Well, I think we. I think we. I think I think this will end up being a postscript when you go to edit this later because we've definitely gone off the rails here in terms of other <laughs> stuff. But I really did want to mention Swiss Army Man too. Okay. Before we get out of this, in what in in which part in the in uh, in the I appreciated how it's doing something original. Uh huh. But I didn't enjoy a second of it. Really? <laughs> I mean, okay. it, it definitely has its laughs, and it it really approaches. Uh, character development in a unique way. We'll mm-hmm. say that. Yeah. Um, the the Paul Dano, uh, Daniel Radcliffe farting corpse movie mm-hmm. directed by two directors apparently named Daniel, Daniel. and they yeah. go by Daniels. But I, it was a very hard movie to get through for me, even though I was simultaneously appreciating it at the same time for all the new stuff it was doing. But I don't know. I mean... I'll put it in... It's not really a disappointment because I wasn't anticipating it, but it's more in the... I wish I could have spent my time differently kind mm-hmm. of <laughs> kind, yeah. kind of, kind of, kind of category. So props are trying something new, but I just didn't didn't, okay. didn't get into it. I uh, It's not on my list, but I, really, I, I was probably on the other side of it where there were a lot of parts of it that really worked for me and that only in, enriched the interesting style and the interesting thing that they were... Mm-hmm. Things that they were giving us. Mm-hmm. Um... So I think I would have, you know. Okay. I liked it. Got it. 